Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Welcome, Pavlina Asta. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant show. I have heard so much about you from our mutual friend, Val, and I'm just thrilled to have you on the show. Nice to see you today. Yes, thank you so much. I love Valerie. I'm so glad she connected us. This, has been, this is, I'm very excited for this. I am so excited. So let me tell my audience about your amazing background. So Pavlina is a multimedia influencer, and she's an author, a best-selling author of the book, The 20 Things Every Motivated 20-Something Should Know. I love the title. That is awesome. She empowers... Oh, let's see it. Awesome. And it's available (laughs) where? On Amazon? Amazon, yeah. Barnes & Noble, wherever, like, you know, you can buy a book online. It's there. But Amazon's probably the easiest. (laughs) That is awesome. Get that book. She empowers millennials and Gen Zs by providing a general consensus of their views. So you're kind of like the spokesperson for your generation. I love it. A little bit. A little bit. We talk about every, I talk about everything when it comes to millennials and Gen Zs. I like to talk about like society, culture, what they're dealing with, you know, millennial Gen Z struggles, as we like to call them, Um, even politics. It's fun. So that is awesome. She has created, hosted, and produced shows since the age of 11, where she, and she has won a five, she won a five-time Gracie Award at the age of 11. Um, let's see, I got five over a couple of years, so it was, I think I got my first one, I was like 15 or 16, so. That yeah. is incredible. So you are like a veteran of the game, of the podcast game. You're like one of the, you know, you were ahead of your time. 
<laughs> so she holds the, I love this. She holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most live radio interviews conducted in 24 hours. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. And she has interviewed huge celebrities like Katie Couric, Shaquille O'Neal, and Steve Forbes. Wow. She currently hosts the podcast, If God Had a Podcast. So make sure you check it out wherever podcasts can be found, like Apple and Spotify. So I am so excited to get into this and ask you some questions. Yes, so me too. Let's go. You don't, you don't have to give away the whole book, but tell <laughs> us some, are, some of the things that every 20-something should know, some of the standouts. Yeah, absolutely. So I cover a wide range of topics that I know I have struggled with personally, where I have learned from the celebrities that I interviewed or just like, you know, kind of being in the field, being, you know, young and trying to be ambitious and like wanting to do things. So I had a lot of struggles and I didn't really want people that were young and ambitious to have those same struggles or kind of go through those same things, or at least to know that they weren't alone in them, you know? So I definitely talk about, you know, having that ambition, uh, you know, not being afraid of failures. I, some, I think a lot of people get very scared with, whether they have like a, an opportunity, like they don't know if they should go for it. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. And they're also scared of failures. Like there's a lot of fear when it comes to like career stuff and just being ambitious, you know? And so I talk about the fear of failures. Like one of my favorite chapters um, is the imposter syndrome, where I talk about what that is, how to beat it, basically, because a lot of really prominent people struggle with something called the imposter syndrome, which is basically where you have worked and you've earned this level of success and you don't feel like you belong there. You're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. Like, I don't deserve any of this. I still kind of struggle with it. I, it's like a daily, you know, battle. But people like Michelle Obama, like, so many prevalent people that we know don't feel like they deserve or like need to be in this space. They're like, I don't know what, what's going on here, but you, the, the most important thing is to realize that you do like belong where you were. You've worked for that. You've worked for that college degree, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I talk about. I also help them with like debt and budgeting and, you know, just the importance of like your finances and getting all that in line. Cause we all know millennials and Gen Z's are not good with their money. <laughs> so got a couple chapters on that. It's very good. $10 matcha lattes with oat milk are not good for the budget. No, the moment I cut out my like morning Starbucks, I was like, wow, I have like money. Like this is great. <laughs> Cause like you go to Starbucks and then you get like, you get your coffee, then you get a snack, then you, oh, water for later. You know what I mean? It just, it adds up and it's not yeah. good. So yeah. that's amazing. I love that you're inspiring your generation and, you know, I feel that millennials and Gen Z's need some practicality because they're kind of like, they just, correct me if I'm wrong, they feel like they can just like live like they're gazillionaires, but in reality, they're broke and it's getting tougher than ever because now we're in a huge recession. So I think it's great that you're giving them some financial advice and yeah. do they want to hear it or do they want to continue to like spend money that they don't have? Like, are they open to your message? Yes. So far from what I've heard, I've helped a lot of my different like friends and people that have connected with me through social media. They've been like, oh my gosh, it's a good, great idea. Thank you so much. Or, you know, they've been able to connect with it in a lot of ways. And I think like you were saying with everything that's happened with COVID and just like our economy, um, they're sort of looking at their finances in like a different way. And someone needed that because uh, like you said, millennials and Gen Z's, they're not great with where they want to put their money. They tend to have this whole social media thing. Either they think they can be a social media influencer 
I don't know about that. Um, you know, some people can do it. Not everyone. You and, did it, but not everybody can. Right, right. You started at age 11. So like I said, you're not new to the rodeo, Pavlina. Yes, but a lot of them, you know, they want to look like the people they see on Instagram. And instead of investing in stocks or just saving their money or actually paying off their student debts, they'd rather get new clothes. They'd rather, you know, go out to brunch a hundred different times where they don't need to be spending that kind of money um, just for an Instagram story, for example. So, yeah, I think a lot of millennials and Gen Zs are starting to reanalyze how they, they spend their money. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to kind of give some pointers in the book, too. I love that. And I remember listening over, like they have Overheard LA, Overheard New York. Yes. Oh my um, God. The best. The best, right? I was listening to this conversation and this woman's like, yeah, she's a millennial. I moved to LA to work on my like Instagram page. It's like, wow, that's expensive to move to a city like LA or New York, not have a job and just take pictures to work on your Instagram page. Yeah. That blogger life, you know, that, um, I don't know how they make money on like I understand because like I make money on my social medias because I've been able to build it through media and radio and everything I do with that um, that kind of gave me that platform but you know just kind of like you do when you and like wanting to be a social media influencer it's not the most um, stable career you know like you want you kind of want something that you can kind of root yourself in yes so how do you make money on it do people like pay you to promote their product good or service Yes. So a lot of times companies will just reach out to me and they'll like, recently I got a bunch of face masks and they're like amazing face masks. It's by loop. And, um, they sent me like these daytime, nighttime, like anytime kind of face masks and they're super cool. And they just, they just, I post about it and that's basically it. It's a good time. <laughs> so is it free stuff or do you also get to make money off it? So they usually send you a product and then they also pay you for per post or like a story. That's a different amount of money, a post that's a different, you know, that's kind of how it works. At least that's that how it is, works for me. <laughs> that is so great. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So are 20-somethings motivated or are they lazy? Like, because I know that I'm Gen X and you guys have a bad rap with us and we're like, oh, they're so lazy. They don't have our work ethic. Like, what do you think? Absolutely. So I know millennials, when I first started studying millennials and Gen Zs, because I think they're just so fascinating, yeah. um, was a couple of years ago. And that, like, I would say like two or three years ago, probably. And that's definitely when like millennials were getting the bad rap of they're lazy. You can't work with them. They're impossible. Like, it's just like not great. You know, I think the tide has definitely turned and it's more of a, they work differently. <laughs> you can't talk to them a certain way or you need to have this kind of relationship with them or like they don't understand what you mean when you do that, but they'll understand it if it's this way. You know, it's just like a different way of, because they grew up so, and this is why I find them so fascinating. They grew up in such a different world. You know what I mean? Like I've had a cell phone for as long as I can remember. I've had technology for as long as I, you know, I didn't know what it was like to have to do certain things. And we, we see the world differently. We're able to connect with our peers and everything just differently. So I think now um, that we kind of see them in that different light, they're not necessarily lazy. There's obviously goods and bads in every generation. Um, but Gen Z's for sure are very, in my opinion, highly motivated. They kind of look at millennials as a, that like big sister that they learned a lot from. And they're like, cool, we're not going to be like them. We're going to try to pay off those debts. Or maybe I just won't even go to school or I'll go to like a trade school because that's going to save me money and save me time. Let's go, let's get to work. You know, um, I think millennials and Gen, or like Gen Z's especially are very, very highly motivated. They're all sort of obsessed with Gen, like, um, what's his name? Gary V in some way. Oh yeah, they love yeah. Gary V. 
Yeah, love him. So <laughs> it's it's more of that kind of like they're into like the hustle, which I, I think is so cute. Like I love I love that. Um, and then there's like this whole mental health wave that kind of goes with it. So it's like, okay, we're all hustling, but then it's like, okay, well, don't forget your mental health because that's also really important. So it's, you know, there's pros and cons in everyone, but. Um, Which is perfect for what I teach because I help people achieve work-life balance so they can have fun and freedom. So maybe I need to start targeting Gen Zers. <laughs> Absolutely, because all, okay, you know, they might not be like lazy per se, but they definitely want to have fun. Like that is like the biggest thing. So they, like I said, you can show on your social media where you're having fun, you're going out, you're living your best life. Everyone wants that. So the more, you know, time you have to do that or you're not, while you're not like wasting money or not saving or being financially responsible, um, the better, you know, that's, that's what they live for. <laughs> so what do you consider yourself a millennial or a Gen Zer? So I'm a Gen Z. Um, the cutoff, like the youngest millennial is 24. I'm 22. So I'm like an old Gen Z, but <laughs> I think the youngest Gen Z, um, is 13. So it's like 13 to 22 or 20, like three, I guess, is that like kind of weird space. And then 24 to like 30, is millennials. So what was it like going to high school? Cause I always think, God, if there was Facebook and Instagram in high school, I would have been like posting some just crazy stuff. <laughs> so what was that like going to high school, knowing that you couldn't like just get drunk at a party and like, you know, go crazy because someone would take a video and it would end up on social media. Were you like always mm -hmm. kind of aware of what you were doing and like, oh, did you post something and then delete it real quick because it wasn't like, you know, beneficial? Like, what was that like? Just describe that feeling of being in high school with social media present. Absolutely. So I was a different kind of high schooler. I was very, I, I'm still very motivated in everything I do. I, now I just have a better work-life balance. But when I was in high school, I was like, you know, training to be a professional ballerina. I also had my nationally syndicated radio show. I was doing interviews constantly. I think I was at the radio station or doing interviews more than I was at school. So, um, or like mingling with friends. Like I was student body president, like my freshman year. So I was like involved with them, but I didn't, I wasn't like huge in everything else that was going on. Cause it just didn't really interest me. Um, and now I have more of like that social life and everything. And I'll just like, I'll send things to, you know, like you have private stories now, you have close friends on Instagram. So if I wanna post something, I'll post it there. Um, but I think in general for people, you know, my age growing up in high school with social media, um, I don't know if they really cared. I don't think it wasn't really until, I, cause I moved up to New York when I was a senior in high school. And I remember my boss telling me, that I don't even know if this is true or not, but like, this is what I was told. And this is like what I kind of heard after that basically was that your employer can, you know, they see everything, they look up everything. They want to see you know, social media. They want to see how you actually are, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think once that became a little bit more known, <laughs> people really chilled. They were like, okay, this is not something a future employer would want to see. So they kind of got a little bit smarter with it. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of what, what happened. I don't think they really cared. And they started to, it could have affected them or they knew that it could affect them. So then they stopped <laughs> or they just like limited it maybe. Yeah. Or they private, you know, like the kids are so smart. They just like, they can hide anything, I think. So what is your main way that you communicate with your friends? Is it Snapchat? Is it text? Is it Instagram? Is it Telegram? Like what is the way that you prefer to communicate with your friends? I guess just like friends in general, probably Instagram, because like that's my favorite social media platform. That's like what I like to post on probably the most anyway. 
Um, Facebook is more of like my grassroots people. It's like, okay, like I love you guys. I'll, here's, you know, some fun posts. Like here's like what I'm doing, you know? Do you, think, do you think Facebook is for old people because a lot of uh, Gen Xers are on it? I don't think, no, I don't think it's, that's kind of like, is TikTok older, you know, older because like millennials are on TikTok. I don't think so. I think it's just like, I just don't like it as much. I don't really, it's not as interesting to me. Um, I like all the fashion. I like the photography. I like all the things you can learn on Instagram or like even TikTok. Um, so it's, in my opinion, it's not, some people would probably say yes. <laughs> um, but I like to connect with my friends through Instagram just cause I can like send them memes really quick or a funny video or something like that. Um, or something that's relatable, you know, they, that kind of thing. So you're a former ballerina. Do you have any TikTok videos of you dancing? No, because I stopped dancing in high school. So <laughs> I should. I actually, I want to get back into dance. That's kind of like once this whole COVID thing settles down and like studios, you know, start to open again. I was like, okay, we're definitely going back to take some classes. I don't know when I have time to do that, but I was like, I'll make time. It'll be fine. Um, but that'd be, that's a good idea. That'd be fun. <laughs> Awesome. So I know that 20 somethings value experience more than materialism. Mm -hmm. um, I know they like value travel and they're just more experiential, whereas older generations are more materialistic. What do you think caused that shift? It's a great question. Um, I honest, social media is such a big part. It's in everything. It's in work. It's in life. It, it's just everything, you know? So I feel like a lot of that is you see what other people are seeing. You see like the cool, you know, retreats or like, oh, look at that. It's like a hut in the middle of Thailand. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that's so cool. I want to try that. Um, and after a while, I think there's like, I just kind of want to do more. Like, I want to go see more. Like, what I love about millennials and Gen Zs, and I can't really speak on older generations as much, is they are so open-minded to other cultures, other people, they want to like learn about them. Like that's my favorite thing to do. Like if I, I love traveling, like I don't need anything. Okay. I need like maybe a nice hotel room because like, I want to like know that I'm safe where I'm, I'm, wherever I'm going to, but I just love learning about new cultures. I like to go to new, the museums. I want to meet like the random people in whatever country I'm at. I feel like it's just more of like, we're just like little, we're all like little social butterflies and like, we want to just like see the world more. Um, I do think millennials and Gen Z's are definitely materialistic though. Like in the sense that like everyone has to have like a Gucci belt, you have to have your, you know, everything that says that you're cool on social media. Like, I think there, that's definitely there. It's definitely not gone, but that social, like that traveling aspect just is another level of like coolness, if that makes sense, you know? So in your traveling pics, if you're like in a hut in uh, Thailand, yeah. You have to be wearing something cool too, or is it okay to be like super cash? I mean, I like to match wherever I'm going just so I can kind of like embrace their culture or like kind of like vibe with whatever they're doing. Um, but like, I feel like if you're, I don't know, from what I've seen, like if you are in like a luxury Moroccan hotel, you know, you want to like match the stat. Like, millennials and Gen Z's are so aesthetically pleasing. It's like hilarious. Do you know what I mean? Like they're all into like aesthetics and I love that because I'm very into aesthetics, but, um, you know, you got to match the vibe wherever you are. I think that's more, that's it. So it makes more sense. It looks better in a picture. Speaking of a luxury Moroccan hotel, have you heard about Anna Delvey, the fake heiress? Wait, what? Oh my gosh. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like they're going to make a movie about her. She went in, she went to jail because she 
and her friend went to a fancy Moroccan hotel and she like borrowed over 70,000 and never paid her back. Oh my God. Her friend got her thrown in jail, but I'm like so excited for this movie to come out. And I don't know if you know, what is it called? (laughs) I don't know, but if you just look up fake heiress, like Anna Delvey, um, I was just wondering if any of your friends like knew her or associated with her when she was in Manhattan. Cause that was, how long have you lived in Manhattan? A few years, right? Yes. I've been here going on five years, I think. Yeah. This was within the last five years. So no, I don't think so. I like, I am either a hermit, like in my apartment getting work done or I'm at the studio or, you know what I mean? I feel like I I don't socialize that much. I do. I totally socialize. I totally go out. I'm trying, I'm working on that work-life balance, but um, I think for the most part, I'm always just kind of like in my zone. You know what I mean? You're focused, but it was so important for her to look good on Instagram that she literally like embezzled money to do it and ended up in jail. So People that reminded me of her. Really into that. That's like, like, they're really into like looking perfect for their Instagrams and that kind of thing. Like for me, like I like to have photo shoots because that's a creative outlet for me. I think they're fun. I like to, you know, put like a twist on it in a lot of ways instead of just like posting a boring picture. Like for me, it's like a creative outlet. So I had to do so. I had to find a way for me to be like interested in doing it. And that was my way of getting interested in it, you know, but a lot of people are just really obsessed with what other people think. And it's quite unfortunate. <laughs> I think if I could give myself advice, like at your age at 22, I would tell myself not to be so obsessed about what other people think. Like, oh yeah, live your life. And the, the more, the less you care about what other people think, the more freedom and the more fun you're going to have. Also the happier you're going to be, because if you're so worried about what everyone thinks and if you're, if everything's on point all the time, that's exhausting. First of all, who has time for all of that? And second of all, it's going to like eat away at you because then you just like, you'll start to nitpick. You'll start to like see all these different things. You'll, you're comparing yourself to others. It's not a vibe. It's not cute. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And there's always somebody who has more, like no matter what you have, like there's always somebody if it it has more money, prettier, skinnier, richer, younger, more accomplished. So it's like the comparison thing, which social media that's kind of the dark side of social media is comparison. And I like to say, don't compare and despair. Right. And don't compare your insides to somebody else's outsides. Cause everything yeah. might be great on the outside, but inside they could be really struggling. Yeah. You never, that's like a big thing, especially in New York, like where everyone just sort of like masks their emotions. They're just always like mad. It's like, you don't know what they're going through. First of all, like you, everyone has their own problems, their own story, their own struggles. Um, which is why you should always be nice to everyone. Yes. Absolutely. But growing up, my mom always said, because I did competitive dance, and then I was, like, training to be a ballerina. Like, that was, like, a very prominent part of my life. And I would get so frustrated when I didn't, like, win the competition or I didn't get, like, first place or, you know, someone was better than me. And she's like, well, there's always going to be someone better than you. You just have to do the best you can. And, like, my favorite thing, and she still tells me this, is, like, have your blinders on. Like, she's like, you're like a racehorse. Like, you're just running your race if you have your blinders on you're not going to get distracted by everything else that's out there. You'll you'll just be running. And then, whereas everyone else gets like all distracted, you know, and like, that's when they, they fall off the horse, they go off into a different direction. Like they don't really, you know, cause there's too much. And like with social media, especially there is so much coming at you all the time. It's exhausting and it's overwhelming. And if you just like have your blinders on and like you do you, 
you're good. You're Gucci. <laughs> that's a that's a famous quote. Wear blinders and run your own race. I don't know who yes. said that, but my mom told me that quote too. Isn't that cute? Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate to you. Like, I've always been, like, a competitive tennis player and, like, a student and went to Princeton. So oh my gosh. I can relate to you. Like, the younger version of me, like, a totally type A, alpha, like, really achievement-oriented. Yes. <laughs> which is why, you know, I went on a quest to find balance because I didn't want to be, like, all work and no play. And Right. back on my life and be like, wow, I've just had my head down to the grindstone and I've missed out on like the beautiful moments and the joy of life. So yeah, that's like, that's what I'm sort of realizing now. And that's like, I talk about in the book, like the whole smell the roses thing. Yes. Um, I interviewed Tamron Hall, who was the one that told me that like, I, I don't even remember what I was asking her. It's in the book, but I was basically, talking, <laughs> yeah, it's in the book. My whole heart and soul is in this thing. Um, but it's, it's crazy what a book will do to you, you know? But um, I was talking to her, I was probably just getting advice from her, like what she would, you know, give to a young person. And she was like, stop and smell the roses. Everyone's like running all the time. And she's like, just stroll for like a little bit, you know? So that's what I've been trying to implement in my life and like have more of that, you know, social work-life balance situation. But it, it's hard, especially when you, pro you probably get it, you know? Cause like you want, like I tie a lot of my happiness and like, my self-worth into my career and like what I'm doing and how well I'm doing or how well yeah. I think I'm doing. Cause I really don't care. However, as long as my mom is happy, like she's proud of me, which she is regardless, but you know, and then as long as I'm happy with where I'm going, I'm usually good, but I don't really want to tie all of my happiness and everything that I'm worth to that. You know what I mean? Cause that's not right. everything. So I'm working on it, but, <laughs> but that's what I would say to other people too. It's like, you want to stop and smell the roses. You want to like enjoy life we don't have like we don't have that long so that's no i think that's one of the great things that's come out of this whole covid situation yes is it forced everybody to kind of slow down and get off the treadmill and like focus on what they really need what they can live without and it slowed right. life down to a more manageable pace and like what's important i think a lot of people were like whoa 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 so much of this doesn't even matter hold on let's just focus on what actually matters and yeah so i COVID has obviously been crazy and horrible and not fun. But at the same time, there's, there's always pros and cons and everything, in my opinion. And like, there's definitely been a lot of light that has come out of it too, you know? Yes. I mean, it's a very sad situation, but it's definitely had a silver lining. Yeah. So um, what is the relationship between 20 somethings and time? Like, I feel like you guys take a long time to return like texts and emails and calls and like, and that's okay. Like, there's no like pressure to like return a text immediately or anything. Like how, how does that work? Interesting. I feel like it could go two ways. Um, there's obvious. Okay. So are you talking about in, in like a work sense or like in a social sense? I'm talking about both. Like, I feel yeah. like you, your generation has a different relationship to time as far as like how to, how and when to get back to people. Interesting. That's a good point. Um, I feel like they, wow. I don't know. I've never really thought about it, but I know for me, like I have to prioritize so many different things. I'm like, okay, I'm on one strain, like one momentum. Like I'm going to keep going with this. I'll get to that in a second because like multitasking does not exist. It, it's not a real thing. You know what I mean? Like you're either doing something hundred percent or you're like 
half doing it and like that's not really the vibe so like i'd rather just like do something fully um so that's when i kind of wait for something or like a lot of times i might not know how to respond so i'll be like okay like give me a minute and i'll like come up with something and like that's kind of why i'll wait um but in general i feel like i don't know i i'm not exactly sure how to answer that just because like there's so many different scenarios right let's say like Somebody, for example, that you're friends with takes a couple days to return your text. Would you get angry or would you just be like, oh, I just think they're really busy? I think if my friends, if my friends took a long time to get back to me, like, first of all, they know how busy I am. Right. So, and like a text like, takes like two minutes, you know, or like right. five seconds, honestly. What right. are we texting? Novels over here? You know what I mean? Exactly. It takes two seconds to send a text. Um, so that's my biggest thing. Like, it's, unless it's like something that's really going on or like someone's explaining something, I'm going to get back to a text like right away. Um, same with emails. If it's something I can send out, I don't like to have the notification of like the number on my phone. So I want to get it out of the way. Um, I probably wouldn't be mad at them because I understand like everyone has their life. Everyone's doing their own thing. Uh, but there's probably, there's definitely like a correlation of, um, Oh my gosh, I saw this thing recently. What is it? I don't know. But it was basically like, if you text someone back, like that's like, there's like top priority. Whereas like, it's like a priority thing. I, I think that's right. even in someone that doesn't have a busy life. Would I rather answer your text right now or continue this black hole of TikToks that I'm watching? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's sort of like, okay, well, what do I feel like doing? I feel like millennials and Gen Zs are very into whatever interests them. They're like, right. well, this is what interests me right now. I'll do that. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of flow with wherever wherever they feel like going right because i think that's a difference like our generation uh generation x is more like you return things within 24 hours or that's like not polite and oh, i think I okay you guys give each other millennials and gen z's are definitely more on their own time they're yeah. i don't think they realize that and i'm guilty of this too you know yeah. but um they probably don't realize that things are time sensitive or unless, unless someone says it's time sensitive, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back when I can get back. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, um, they definitely go on their own time a little bit more. I think they have a different relationship with time. That's like fascinating. I like really want to look into this now. Cause like, I've never thought about like their perception with time. So I feel like they don't really, I don't know. That's interesting. I like that. I love cultural anthropology and I love generational anthropology. Because, yes, me too. Yes, because everything's so different based on your generation. Like, oh, absolutely. Things, like how you view time, which brings me to my next question. Um, how do you view the gender roles? Because like I know my generation, it was just starting to change where the women were like leading the relationships and just starting to ask the guys out and maybe... Oh. You know, but a lot of times, like me, I prefer to be like in the feminine role where a guy pursues me. Right. I'm in a relationship now, but what what is it like for the dating scene? Like, who's the boy and who's the girl? Who's leading? Who's asking out? Who's initiating? Right. Who's paying? How does that all work? How are the gender roles in your generation? Okay, this is so interesting. Um, so. I, that's, I think it's all very subjective. I, I prefer to be the more feminine one as well. Um, I also have other friends who are like total New Yorkers and they're like, yo, let's get a drink. Like, like to any guy, you know, like that's a date, like let's go. Um, and then I feel like as far as like payment goes, I was just talking about this with my little sister. Cause like, I was like, okay, let me give you some like big sis dating tips, you know? And basically what I was talking about was 
if I don't know, if I don't really like see the guy like kind of pull out his card right away, then I'm more than happy. I'm already more than happy to like split the bill. Um, and I think on the first date, I always offer anyway, I'm like, do you want to split this? Like, are you cool? Like what's going on? Um, I think they millennials and Gen Z's have such an interesting uh, relationship with, well, when it comes to like their dating world, right. Cause we have social media, like, um, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, like the list is ridiculous how many dating apps there are. Um, and that has created hookup culture and right. something I've started to realize with young dating, right? Like millennials and Gen Z's is there's not as much like commitment with people um, because either the girl or guy, I don't know, is they're, they're always like looking for like the next best thing. Like, no, and that's in everything, but it's, I've noticed it, especially in dating where they kind of want to know what's like, oh, well, like, you know, he's, he's really cute. And like, he's hitting up on me. Should I actually commit to this guy? And it's like, well, that guy's amazing. Like, do you want to be in a relationship? I think there's a lot of, um, like the commitment's not the same. And like the dating patterns are not the same. Like, you know, how you start off in like the talking role and then you kind of like, then you're dating, you're going on dates. And then you're like more in that like exclusive realm. And then you go into like boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Right. I feel like it's like in two ga like categories now where the first one is like, you're talking social media, like you're maybe just texting, you met on a dating app, right? Definitely not exclusive. And then you can be dating, but like not exclusive and definitely seeing other people and they have no commitment to you at all. But you can do that for like a, you can stay in this phase for like a really long time. Like I have seen all my friends go through, or I'm just like, girl, you're like still in that, like what's happening. And like, they never get to like this, like boyfriend, girlfriend phase. I think it's also, I'm like jaded by New York for sure, because like New York dating is just like different here. Um, and then there's, there's like this section of like the actual commitment where like people want to commit to you. So like, that's like, I kind of include like, that's like boyfriend, girlfriend. That's like anything past that, you know? Um, so I feel like dating as a millennial or Gen Z is, it's difficult because it's so easy to like ghost someone so easy to just like block someone if you're bored with them you know you have like five other guys waiting in queue right on on your hinge app like it's just i don't know i don't see like where they it's not as like valued as much like i'm very particular when i go on dates like i'm like okay don't waste my time don't wait you know what i mean like right i don't know i don't like hookup culture because <laughs> i'm more of a commitment makes people feel expendable like, yeah, I don't like that at all. That's like not a vibe. You're like that is not a cute. And you're, that is so spot on with feeling expend expendable. Cause like, that's exactly what it is. It feels like, oh, well you have, you know, three other girls in your DMS, you know, who am I, you know, like, why would you want to commit to me when you, you brought all these other people? And like, it's fun to be in that phase, but it's, it's harder to get like that commitment. I think millennials and Gen Z's are always kind of like on the search for what's next and what's better, you know? BBD. That's called the bigger, better deal syndrome. Bigger. Wow. Well, they all have it. <laughs> right. BBD. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I dabbled in the, I mean, I dabble. I was like on five dating apps and yes. in between my divorce and meeting this boyfriend and I felt the hookup culture too. And I did get, you know, asked out by some millennials and I thought it was interesting that they didn't feel the need to like take me out and wine and dine me. They're just like, Hey, can I come over? Do you want to come over? I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like, I don't even know you. Like, why would I want to like go over to a stranger's house? Right. But like hookup culture. 
that's hookup culture. That's what I'm saying. Like that is like a straight up like real thing that people do. Like I have had friends being like, oh, like, I'm going to go on a date. I was like, oh, cool. Like, where are you going? There's millions of restaurants in this city. There's parks. There's like so much to do. This is like all before COVID. Um, and now there's like this whole COVID dating thing, which like totally cracks me up. But because um, like for a while on all the dating apps, you could do like FaceTime dates. Uh, I don't think that went over too well, but you know, but she was, she just said that she was going to his apartment. And I was like, you don't know him. He could be like a serial killer. Like, girl, like, we don't know what's up here. Like, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, I, I don't understand that. I've never liked that. Um, at least meet at a restaurant. Like my goodness. At so, least. That's insane. And it's like one of the guys, like we did have like a couple dates and then he went right for like, come hang out at my house. And I was like, can we like meet at Starbucks? Like get to know each other. And it's like, if he just would have, as I say, if he would have shot the padlock off his wallet and like got me a freaking $4 Frappuccino, you know, he would have had like a great time, but it's like, he wanted to like come over. And I was just like, so offended by that. And is it, maybe it's because it's hookup culture. And I think that a lot of millennials are like, they're not abundant. Like they don't have the money to be able to wine and dine like other generations. And they don't feel the need to because so many women are willing to put out without going on a date that why would they need to like take you out to a 50 or hundred dollar dinner. Right. Exactly. Like, and that's another reason why I'm so selective is because I don't like deal with any of that. I'm very much like, now nah, we're going to do this right. Or we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't have time for that. I don't want that. So why would I waste my time? But that's, this is kind of like how hookup culture kind of started is like people were just okay with it and they started to expect it. And then that became like the norm. And then people felt like they had to go with the norm. And it's just like, ew, like, what are you guys doing? Like, that is so not cute. Like, this is not TikTok freaking cracks me up because there's so much advice on dating. And there's so much advice on like what girls want, what guys want, what guys think are hot, what girls think is so cute. Like, all of this crazy stuff. And then they have like different TikToks where it's like, oh, like, he'll literally, like, they'll literally have like videos or pictures of themselves and like have great qualities about them. Like, oh, a mama's boy, like, you know, this, or I'm, I do this. It's just like, oh my gosh, is this, what is happening? Like, I feel like everything in some way is like some sort of like, oh, hit me up. You know what I mean? Cause like, I'm so cute. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh, like this is, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so people are using TikTok as a dating app. Is that what you're saying? It feels like it. I don't know if that's actually like happening where people, but it, it's a real thing where people are like posting those kind of videos and it's like, oh my gosh, it's, this is TikTok. I want to see a funny video. Show me how to cook something or like get off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to see, like, I don't need to slide into your DMs. You know what I mean? But I, I well, speaking Speaking of sliding into your DMs, I know that Instagram's been, you know, a lot of, I even had a couple dates from Instagram. So Instagram can be a dating app for sure, right? Oh, absolutely. That is like the easiest place. Like that is so easy. Um, one of the guys I'm currently dating, which I think is so funny. Um, I, all I did was like commented on one of his stories. Like I just said that was super funny or something, you know, cause it was funny and we follow each other. Cause like we had like a mutual friend and then we started talking and then we started going on dates and like that's how that happened. And I was like, oh, okay, well that was easy. You know what I mean? But, um, and especially like it can be a little bit more organic if you have some mutual friends in there right. or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, and I prefer that organic sense to it, but yeah, yeah. It's really easy to slide in people's DMs. That's, yeah, that's like a whole thing in itself, you know? That's easy. So 
Speaking of organic, have you ever been asked out the old fashioned way, like in person or at a party? Or is it always through technology? Okay, let me think. I was at a Whole Foods one time, like getting a salad, like salad bar. And this is like so cliche. Um, I was asked out then. And that honestly, that was okay. That was like one of my first like years in New York. Like, that was like early moving here. And I was so like creeped out by like not like creeped out. Like he was a nice guy, but I was like, oh my God, like that was like so weird. You know what I mean? Millennials and Gen Zs like to hide behind their phones. They like to hide right. behind technology in a lot of way. And they like a, an easy escape. You know what I mean? In case they don't like a situation, they want to be able to get out. And I feel like that's what like social media dating apps, right, have has created in a lot of ways. Um, they've kind of created that level of comfort. I probably have been asked out the old fashioned way. I don't remember. So no, um, my, my first boyfriend, that was, that was very organic. We like, we went to school together and like, that was, it kind of like developed in a very organic way. But like after that, that was my, that was in like 2017, I guess. Um, it's been dating apps and then I deleted dating apps because I hated them. And then you redownload them. Right. Also happens. And then you realize how big of a waste of time it is. And then you get back off of them, which is where <laughs> I'm at. <laughs> so let's say you meet someone at a party and they want to stay in touch with you. Do they ask for your number? Or do they ask for your Instagram? Instagram. I love it. And yeah. so then you start sliding into your DMs. Mm -hmm. Which in like that way, it's like a phone number. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, yeah. if I don't want to like give you my phone number, like, and I've had both, but the majority is definitely Instagram. Um, yeah. That like, it also helps you remember their face. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, like that person. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're almost finished. I just want to, Say, is your generation overly confident because parents were like not allowing like winner awards? Everyone got a participation award. Everyone was a champion. Everyone was great. They didn't allow like a hierarchy between like the top and the bottom. So does everyone think they're a winner? Does everyone think they're great? How does that work for your generation? Yeah, this is fascinating. I love this. So there is this side that everyone thinks that they're like the greatest and they're amazing and I am literally the coolest and all of you guys other like all, the rest of you guys suck and I am a queen you know what I mean like straight up I don't know why he wouldn't want this because like I'm a queen like that is a vibe like that is a whole vibe but and I think that's very much on like the surface on the top um I think I don't even think I know this like deep down like they are not okay <laughs> millennials and gen z's have been dubbed the anxious depressed cautious generations they are very insecure about their appearances because it's so easy to compare yourself um they never think they're doing enough with like career or they don't they're not good enough in school their self-deprecation and like self-deprecating humor is like a, a thing and it's funny you know what i mean um i personally don't find it very funny because sometimes it's funny but like most of the time I'm just like, Oh my God, like so low vibrations. You know what I mean? It's just like, right. that's not, that's not cute. Um, and so as much as they want this, like, I think they all kind of think that they're, you know, they're feeling good and like they're looking good, but there's definitely that when they're alone <laughs> in their room and they're not out getting brunch or at a party or something, there's a lot of, um, you know, self doubt, self hatred, self issues that right. like, that go on, which is why the whole so like um, mental health movement is so big is because like that was very obvious, like that was becoming very obvious that they're not okay. And like millennials and Gen Z's like they're 
so they're afraid they don't even have they don't even know how to have proper conversations or how to hold a conversation which is so terrifying and scares right. me sometimes. I'm like, how do you not know what to talk about right now? Like I have a million things I could because talk about. Because they've always been behind their phones. So they- Exactly, and it's like, if I don't feel comfortable with the situation, like, hold on, let me just like go on my phone really quick and like pretend that I'm busy on my phone. It's like, you're not cool because you're on your phone. It looks like you have nothing else to do and you're on your phone. You know what I mean? Like, um, so there's definitely, definitely both sides to that, I think. But I think the bigger side is- is a really insecure aspect of that. You know, they're and it more- It didn't work. What? The, the parents constantly praising uh, their children and not allowing anyone to be winners or losers because they didn't want the kids who lost to feel bad. It, it didn't work, even though they wanted it to. Yeah, I, I think it was a good effort, <laughs> but I don't think that worked. Just because with, you know, with their parenting and then with the rise of social media and everyone always being better, or yeah. like, you know, someone always being better, um it's just it's it can be very toxic and i think that is very uh contagious in a lot of ways you know yeah so um i think that is it i could talk to you forever and ask you so many questions about your generation and you have just achieved so much at such a young age i cannot believe you're only 22 you're so mature and poised i'm like in shock. I feel like I'm talking to a peer. So it's been such a wonderful uh, chance to get to know you more. So how can people stay in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. This has been so fun. So all of my social sites are at Pavlina Asta. And my book, 20 Things Every Motivated 20-something Should Know, is also on Amazon. The link is in my bio in most places. Um, yeah, social media at Pavlina Asta for everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. If you're listening, please share this podcast with somebody. We don't have paid advertisers at this time, and we rely on our loyal listeners to spread the word. So it would mean so much to me if you could share this awesome message. We value you, and I can't wait to see you next week with another inspiring guest on the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. Thanks again, Pavlina. Thank you. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. It's cold,